0: Um,
1: can you hear people come in by the way can you hear the ding no no okay great because i didn't want to interrupt you as i bring people in good morning and well it's morning here in western australia i know it's evening in west in uh, california correct
2: it is it's 7 p.m
1: 7 p.m beautiful um so welcome everybody to our fifth series of global women's voice this is session four and how appropriate is this topic you know we make these topics up quite a few months before even though sometimes we have to swap them around but this topic of how do we see the world now what are the changes we have made in this world is i think so appropriate and hilda and i actually had a bit of a conversation yesterday as to where are we going to go with this and so we don't we don't uh, meditate on this at all it's it's very um Organic as to as to how the conversation goes. This is your first time here if you're watching the replay so welcome. Global Women's Voice came from International Women's Day about four years ago and the core six peak speakers have changed a little tiny bit, but there have been some core speakers that have been with us the whole time and Hilda Nelvinato is one of them so. Let me go through and just introduce you to our core speakers because I don't do this alone. I don't think that we can do anything alone. So I have to have a team to be able to build this, keep my spirits up, keep my vision going, and also to be able to do the role that I want to play in this. This is a little bit of an intro so that you get a gist of what has happened in previous sessions. Hmm. Maybe not.
3: Can't hear it, Die. Can't hear it at all. A little bit.
2: Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Whatever happens, whatever it's very faint. Better? Not really, you did um, share sound, right? On the share screen?
0: You don't realize how important some of these
2: things are. Better.
1: It's a very short snippet, which I like to play. And unfortunately that was maybe too soft for some of you. Hilda, look how much your hair has grown in that. In that photo, that's when you got your hair cut off. (laughs) Beautiful. Grow so quick, hey? always great to see everybody and see the changes that we make, not only our (laughs) hairstyles. But first of all, let me introduce Hema He She is a psychologist from London. She is not with us today. She is sleeping. Hema always brings a different perspective and works with leadership and heart-based leadership globally. And Kali Alfaro is unfortunately having back problems at the moment and she's not even going to be able to be part of this conversation because she's healing herself right now she actually is a Chilean but lives in Perth Western Australia and I speak with her a lot of the time is one of my key people to help me to stay on track. Regina Paula may be here today she's a New Zealander works with people and their online strategies and is also a mum and a wife And Rosemary is at the moment driving to see her ill mum and she lives just down in Mombasa in a little town and she's driving to see her mum who's five hours away. So we, as you can hear, a lot of us talk regularly to keep our whole mentality focused and so that we stay off this track of distraction, which I think is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Hilda, Dr. Hilda Maldonado, can you give us a quick intro i know that some of you some people are watching the replay and are here already know you but really please tell us about yourself
2: all right so very happy to be here with all of you um i am in los angeles california and i am a conventionally trained medical doctor however for the last 15 years i have been working doing consulting for people to help them achieve optimum health and I'm basically using a lot of the areas of um, nutrition, hormone balancing, uh, how to connect the dots for people, how to help them achieve their goals. Because a lot of people want to achieve a certain state of health, but they don't know the steps to take to that. So that's where I come in terms of helping them with consulting. And, um, and I just love what I do.
1: I know you love what you do and you're very good at what you do. So I'm really excited to have you here, Hilda. Again, I love it.
2: Thank you, dear.
1: Thank you. David. this is your first time here. David is our guest speaker and I'm really excited to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do, your children?
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am a parent of two young children. They are um four and almost six. And as a parent struggling to do more and achieve more in a shorter period of time, I study a lot of um, stuff related to human potential, and trying to activate flow state so that we can get more done in less time and be more efficient. And so um, that's where I've taken my business where I can share that information with others.
1: And that's what you you'll be sharing today from this perspective. I think it's really important to say at this time that. And somebody gave, somebody in, interviewed me maybe two weeks ago, and they said, "Well, really, what is the purpose of Global Women's Voice apart from a forum where people can come in and you know share their voice?" And really, one of the main purposes that I really wanted to do is I wanted to set up women with expertise so they could come in and speak. From their expertise but on varying subjects because what I discovered over the years and traveling around the world people were very shy I suppose for use of the better word to be able to speak anything other than what their expertise was and Hilda do you want to just um, chime in on that topic because you and I have spoken about this a lot this is not your field of expertise but I think we are all human beings and we are all the same the world over and I think that to be able to speak to varying topics and weave in what our expertise is such an important skill.
2: Okay, I'm unmuted now. Absolutely, Dee. And, and uh, it's very interesting you're bringing this up to open the session because that's exactly a lot of what I was thinking as I was meditating about our conversation for tonight. The fact that for me to be able to be part of the conversation, I have to come from within and I have to come from the human being who I am and not necessarily what I have studied or what my level of expertise may be as in science and biochemistry and all those other things that I work with. So, um, and that is very interesting because it was one of the things that intimidated me in the first stages when uh, UD approached me to be part of these. I remember thinking about, well, how am I going to contribute? How, you know, you're talking about so many things that are not necessarily my field of expertise. And yet not only um, I have grown to enjoy it, but it's been also very interesting to hear the feedback from some people on times where I've just been vulnerable and just talk about, just what I'm going through and people being happy to hear that and being able to relate. So why am I saying that? Because every woman that listens to this, this is not a situation where uh, D is here as the organizer and then there is speakers, this is a community. 's been created here more like a tribe where we're allowing ourselves to have the space and just because the three of us are speaking today doesn't mean that the other people that are participating couldn't be doing exactly the same and have an amazing contribution mm.
1: And I think that that's really the crux of it you know as the lady that was interviewing me said you know it's sure, yes it is about giving women a voice but it's also about the safety and the hearing yes and the, and the speaking the listening the really listening and being present but it's also that skill of being able to weave in what is it that we do as to earn money and what are our skills and how can we weave that into a subject like this which is a very it's a very broad subject but right. you as a doctor i'm i'm sure i have no doubt that you will be telling us tips and skills that we can do
2: to manage this subject well we'll see if not yeah. i know i did the last interview <laughs> oh you did you did absolutely yes i liked it i have to go listen to it again
1: uh, we had some great feedback from that and i'll still to send you some emails actually that i received so i will attempt to do that so these are our three uh, three speakers myself Dr. Hilda Maldonado and Deva Deva Ruiz. Is that that the proper pronunciation, Deva? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Good. And our topic is how do we see the world now? What are the changes we have made in this world? So we've sort of preempted what we're talking about, but I would like um, probably Dr. Hilda Maldonado to start off is what are some of the changes that you have seen in your practice and in your personal life especially when we're talking about, you know, end of 2019 through to now, you know, we've got a whole year that, that so many changes have happened.
2: How, how are you dealing with it? And what are you seeing? So this, um, I'll, I'll have to confess to you all that this is one of the times that I literally had to make myself notes because I felt, I felt a little intimidated with the subject only because I think we're all in the midst of change ourselves and trying to adjust ourselves to so many changes that are being thrown in our lives. I'm sure everybody that's listening has had to make changes. And I thought, okay, well, even though these things sound simple, I think it's important to talk about them because I think we all have had to make some of the same changes for me personally. Um, and when it well not personally but professionally, which ends up being personally, the one number one change I had to do overnight, literally from one day to another, was to embrace technology hundred percent. I literally had a vacation plan. I ended up my last day of work because I was supposed to go to the Caribbean for ten days, and then everything broke loose. All the news came. I had to start my next day when I was coming back from vacation, which I never went to vacation, had to cancel my trip. Um, The pandemic exploded and overnight went from a physical environment to deliver my services to a hundred percent technology. And so I'm grateful that I was able to make that change. And it has turned out to be, I believe, extremely positive. I don't think I would have done it overnight had I not been thrown into doing it. You know, when you are made or forced to do something. Um, But with that, it, it came my own, I had to change my belief system especially in my field. I mean, you're used to the norm, right? We know what the norm is. So not only for mechanical reasons, I had to go 100% into technology, but also my belief system of believing that it was going to work. Do you follow me? Like from day one, had I questioned in my head if it was going to work, it probably wouldn't have worked. But it didn't occur to me to question it because it was from one day to the other. So I had to, I was running, 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 running. So all last year has been hundred percent embracing technology. And now some of the new changes that I'm going to make have to do with something that D has been trying to get me to embrace for a long, long time. And I just haven't because we all have habits and in systems. Not only systematization, but systems of how to do things without having to repeat them over and over and over again. So that was, the, I think, a big, big change. I believe that embracing technology 100% has done um, and when I say 100%, I still have an assistant that provides a certain level of tender loving care or different other things. but um, for me personally, I have been 100% remote. Um, the fact that I already had a consultative nature to my work probably also helped a lot to that. Um, But what I find fascinating is by having had a positive mindset in terms of embracing that huge change, It, in my mind, I don't know what other people think, but in my mind, I, I perceive and I feel that the quality of my work has increased, which is hard for me to even be able to comprehend because I have been doing this type of work for so many years. I'm very touchy. Like you come to me and I will just kind of like hug you, you know, and and hold your hand and, and that type of thing. And I do miss that part tremendously and my clients do as well. But in terms of the efficiency of my work and the intimacy, of my work, I believe that embracing technology has actually increased it. Because now when I'm with a person, and remember, I'm talking about me, but this is going to apply to you too, no matter what you do. When you're with a person and you allow yourself to be put in an environment at home where you don't have distractions, there is no other phone ringing, as long as there's no distractions, of course. Some of, I'm not dealing with young children. If there were young children, it would be a complete different story but I don't have the phones distracting me I don't have interruptions I don't have the door opening I don't have somebody knocking in the door asking me questions a fax machine all of those things that happen in an environment in an office environment are gone and I am a thousand percent present with each person um that I'm working with so I believe that's been um really good personally um and I'll try to make this brief I have used some of the time, there's two issues personally for me. I've, I've struggled a lot with time management because of the same reason now I'm at home. So I don't have my assistant just watching me every minute, trying to rail me back. So I have had to really um, be my own time manager um, at home. And then uh, the other thing of being at home too, it could be that there is a lot of Things okay, well, there are things that need to be done in the house. Maybe there's laundry, maybe there's dishes, maybe there is these other things and how to really truly carve that time out where it's just simply not time to do those things and just let them be. Um, just be very um, disciplined when it comes to the time management. And then um, I've used some of the, what I perceive as extra time, right? Because I'm not going out eating out or, oh, that's another thing I've been cooking at home, which means now I have better control of the ingredients that I'm putting in my food and I'm actually cooking. So I don't know if these are the answers you guys are expecting, but I'm just telling you me, you asked me about me and I'm telling you about me. And then the other thing has been the, um, I've used the time or the perceived extra time to learn new skills. I've had lots of personal distractions, lots of them. I'm not going to even tell you because they're more than what you can imagine, okay? I've had a lot of um, sort of loss, okay? And and a lot of of changes personally, and and it's not been easy at all because in the midst of all this change, I've had a lot of my own personal changes, but I have used the time to, um, I, I, one of my mentors used to tell me all the time the marketplace pays for value okay and this is Larry Thompson so this is a phrase from all his trainings the marketplace pays for value therefore increase your value to the marketplace so I have used the time that I have to learn new skills do not just learn new skills with technology but actually learn things that i know nothing about like uh, i watch youtube videos that i would have never been watching um but i'm making them intentional to learn things that add value to my life that i can um, hopefully master or at least be informed okay i'm literally sweating telling you all these things like i feel like and dean knows that all this stuff that's been going on so anyway i'm going to stop there the only the other personal change has been the environment the environment in the family i have a college student that's back at home now so you have a kid but she's an adult but she's a kid and she's back in the house so the positives of that and the are that we get to spend all this time together but at the same time is is another change which i don't regret i think it's been beautiful and um and I know a lot of you that have younger children have had to also assume the role of being teachers because now you, your kids are studying at home. So this whole conversation about uh, being disciplined when it comes to time management, I'm sure gets gets to the 10th potency if you're having to teach. And my hat goes out to you, any of you that are teaching, because God knows if I had to teach my kid at home, I would have not been the best at that. <laughs> so, so I'm going to stop there and and let you pick it up there. Thank you very much.
1: I love those distinctions and your honesty and the boundary. I think that this the boundaries for people are often not clear. And I wanted, to, I wanted to just congratulate you on that because I think that, you know, you can, we can all go into, especially these environments, to show our vulnerability. But we don't actually have to go into the, the nitty-gritty for people to realise that we are human and when we take on responsibilities with other people and clients and we are guiding them in from our area of expertise, that sometimes they see us above them and yet we are all the same we are all going through our own processes and dealing with these changes and before i go any further i want to stop the share so that you can get to know people better and i think without that powerpoint you can go in and actually see the person who is speaking or you can manipulate your screen a little bit easier so um does anybody have anything to say to Dr. Hilda before we go on to Dava and what her perception is of the topic? Any questions at this point? No. Okay. David, do you want to take the floor and tell us what you are contributing to the conversation around the changes? Because I know you also have had many, many changes, not only on the outside, but also on the inside in your family and the inside of you.
4: Yeah. um, I am one of those people that is doing the online school for my kids. So I'm a teacher during the day and then I'm organizing my business at night. And as with everybody else, um, my job function and my daily routine got switched around during COVID. Um, But most of the change for me is just not being able to use the gym <laughs> and so um, the thing that I noticed that it was the most effective change over all this time that I've seen was the polarization between people in the United States. I don't know how it's going in other countries, but during in the in the United States it was very um, people were getting very politically, argumentative with each other and separating of um, like different sides, people, like uh, relationships were being affected and it was really starting to make me feel disappointed. And a lot of it comes down to how much we're engaged in social media right now. And just tech technology platforms in general, like Google and YouTube, it's like, The main thing that's happening right now is that the technology companies are being paid to keep us addicted to their technology. So they're basically trading our attention. And as we're paying more attention to those things, we're losing attention on other things. We don't have infinite energy. So uh, we have less energy to put into the things that we're passionate about. And basically those technology companies are using our psychology and the way we function a- against us. They use our weaknesses, like they know how we get addicted to things. They know how we function, our needs to be social, our needs for vanity. And so they keep us engaged. And then we're also very easily manipulated at that point. And with that, there's also an, um, we have like less ability to make good decisions, and so there's that aspect. And then throw in on top of that that they're controlling what is in our feed. Even if you're on YouTube or Google or any other um, technology platform, you're not in control of what you see. So even when you search for something, you're seeing something different. And so. There's people that we're arguing with where you say to yourself, how can those people be so blind and they don't see what I'm seeing, but they're really not seeing what you're seeing and they don't really have access to the same information. And so I came very quickly to a point where I was like, I can't be angry with somebody or frustrated that they're not seeing what I'm seeing. I have to have compassion because I could be the one being manipulated or lied to. I'm sure I was because it's so prevalent. But there's a level where we just really have to be understanding about other people and just accept that we're not all being told the truth about anything. So it's really like nobody knows more than the other person unless you're really in that you know specific area of expertise and you're physically living it. But just the level of, people disconnecting from relationships, people not talking to their family members or their friends over things that they've seen online. It's just, it's working against us, especially when you consider our emotional connection with each other and how powerful that is. And in addition to all that, all of that takes away from our focus and our productivity. And when you are in that fear state and that overwhelm, It's stopping you from reaching a flow state, which is your most productive state, your most creative state. And just, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody is aware of how stress also affects your immunity. So um, all these things were just really my biggest takeaways from how things have changed because now we're so much more involved in technology. It's really hard to miss those things. And a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about came from a docu, like I had been studying it because it comes up during um, my studies in flow state and um, brain work and stuff. But there was a really good documentary on Netflix called Social Dilemma and that really fed into um, a lot of the details and made it very clear for me how these things were working. And I just feel like it's really important for people to understand that, to get away from cutting off their connections with people, because that's the last thing that I want for people.
1: So what are you doing? What are you personally doing?
4: I just, like, I do not engage with people at all on political stuff and I stopped it doesn't get to me anymore if somebody doesn't agree with me I just it really has no effect on me and I I feel more love in doing that and um I'm studying a lot in my free time and a lot of this uh, lockdown has opened up a lot of information a lot of people were feeling very generous with their um, material and So I benefited a lot from information that was being given. And so it's really been a great time for me in terms of learning and having access to information. Um, And so that's, I mean, that's everything to me. That's what makes me feel alive is coming across that information. So having access to all of it really like makes me feel alive, great.
1: Fantastic. See, one of your your takeaways is similar to Hilda and mine, is that you're able to really um, create and build on skills and learn new skills, which I think has been a common theme for this era, is for people have been able to sit back, carve out time and figure out maybe what it is that they love to do, or something that they would like to experiment with, and then they've been able to go and find those skills to be able to build that. And that, for me, has been a common theme. Anything else that you're doing? I think also that conversation of not being able to or not engaging in certain conversations, e.g., political conversations.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
4: um, I I'm just studying a lot, and some oh. of I'm being observant of certain things and how they're going to affect us in the future. In the past, I learned about um, a little bit of trend research when I was fresh out of college in the fashion industry and it's the same sort of politically where you can you like you can sort of see future things that are going to happen if you look for it you can find it i mean there's a lot of misinformation but there's a lot of stuff um and i think one of the things that i'm really excited about that's coming up um is the changes that are going to be happening with solar energy and um a lot of space stuff is coming up and there was something i mean i didn't even know if it was real because there's so much fake information on the internet but i, I kept seeing post after post of like hey the government said that aliens are real <laughs> and then um it just started this whole investigation into space stuff and there um elon musk is coming out with internet that will no longer depend on government, um, control. And so Mm -hmm. it'll be based on like outer space. We're going to be doing things like, um, this rocket launch where they're going to practice moving, um, an asteroid and like in case there's an asteroid about to hit earth, they'll be able to knock it out of the way. And we'll have practice in that field, but there's just a lot of space stuff that's coming out and I think that's a change that has to do with the presidency shift kind of because um Trump was not involved with climate change or things like that so he had pulled away from it and so there's a lot of things that are going to be developing now that we're going in a different direction.
1: Okay, fabulous. Interesting, I think that the whole new skill topic and the whole new upskilling you know, the, the new skills and the upskilling of the skills has been for me one of the main things that I have heard from my clients. Um, but before we go into anything else, does anybody have any does anybody have any questions or comments to what David just said?
3: No. Well, I just found it so fascinating. Thank you for sharing, and I think that's yeah, a lot of us are having those thoughts or interested in those topics, and yeah, really enjoyed listening to that. Thanks. I agree, you like you don't know which is real, so I'm not actually trusting anything these days. And it makes me think back to history, like what was real throughout time as well. But yeah, really
0: interesting topic. Thanks.
1: Here's an interesting topic.
0: Um, I, uh, hi, um, my name is Claudia. I'm uh, from Malaysia, uh, Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, I, I, I also found that uh, what you said is extremely interesting in terms of... Uh, That there's so many changes are going on, which we don't even know about it. Would we focus on those changes and knowing there's so much good stuff coming, then people, you know, like if they wouldn't hold back with all this good information, people would most probably have less depression, anxiety, and uh, no more hope uh, kind of scenario. And just to um Yeah, quickly introduce myself. I'm an RTT, um, rapid transformational uh, mindset uh, therapist. And um, I started to um, set up my office. I um, had it painted and I decorated it and it was all perfect. Boom, COVID came. And uh, so there was me. I don't even know how to organize my my Mac, how to put how to organize. I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it was completely alien to me. And I, in my, in, in my office where I, where I work, it's, uh, I have somebody who is doing this all for me. Now we can't leave the house. I have to do it all myself. And I have to say, yes, in the beginning, I learned a lot because I enjoyed the time being at home and being uh, able to really, really focus and what you just said, uh, Dava, was, was very interesting as well because yes, there is so much information. And the first part of it, I really enjoyed it. I thought, wow, life can stay like this because I'm, I'm learning something every day and, and, and I can share it. And, and, uh, but then came a point where all this information was overwhelming me, where all, if I want to be connected all this tech stuff, and actually it's still, I still struggle with tech so much, Uh, I wouldn't know how to connect my Calendly with my 17 hats, with my Google Calendar, with my, so I need, I have somebody who has to help me, I'm trying now to grow my business online, but um, I find the more I connect, the more I reach out, the more I also want to sell my business. I want to share. I want to. I want to be present for people to be there for them to help. But I also find that uh, a lot of times, all the good stuff is disappearing. It's. It's all. I don't know where it's going. And all the bad stuff has uh, enough energy and enough uh, air to breathe to always stay afloat. And. Um, I'm meeting so many people who there is no relevance to whatsoever uh, in, in in terms of connection who want to sell you something or uh, going into a discussion with somebody. I I, I often feel, uh, is it? Uh, you know, like I'm already I'm already listening for where is the bad stuff hiding or where is the where is the hook hiding? And uh, at the moment, even though it started so well for me to. Um, I'm closing my office down now. I don't need it anymore. So all the decoration was for nothing. But uh, uh, I still feel that this overwhelm, um, overwhelm maybe is the word which we hear most uh, at the moment. And I feel overwhelmed at the moment. I feel very, very overwhelmed with too much information and uh, to really focus it down who do I trust who do I follow you have to decide you have to make a decision and decide this is the right crowd for me and this is where I can be myself this is where I can as a German speaker uh, who is not perfect in English just go there open my mouth say what I have to say without having a fear of there is somebody who has a who has a, a Harvard degree and an English literature degree or whatever I think a lot of yeah, um, Bringing, coming to the next point, I think a lot of uh, what it comes down at the end is how well how, how well we present ourselves online, how well can we sell what we, or not, not sell in terms of selling your product, but uh, share with other people what we are really, really stand for, what we really want to do, how can we connect, how can we grow together, Without, a, without some underlying kind of something. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't have the word. With, with this thing, which is which where you go, you meet people. Hi ladies, how are you? This is what happened. Give people time, give people the opportunity to share what you learn and give people the opportunity uh, to, to, to say without any conflict or harm men, you know what? What you're thinking is wrong. Check out this and this and this uh, to get yourself uh, onto onto a better level. So, what is the better level? Anyway, I could talk for hours, as you can tell. But uh, <laughs> I pass I pass the word back to back to you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm very happy to what I hear, and um, I, I especially thought what Dava said was. Um, is very very important there is so much information out there let's focus on the good information and not on the bad one and um, yeah
1: all right thank you thank you
0: <laughs> better
3: <laughs> any other comments that was so awesome as well thanks nice to meet you claudia
2: that's nice great to meet
3: you. You, yeah uh, yeah that was also interesting lots of it but something that i've that i love the most and i'm going to use it is like just when you said um like talking about how to sell ourselves because i work in sales mm. real estate mm. sales and i've really hated being so salesy but i loved that you said like yeah that was one thing that i put love hearts around i'm going to use it but yeah it was also mm. interesting
0: thanks but when it comes to sales if i have another minute uh, Dee, <laughs> when it comes to sales, my, my, my background is also sales and marketing, but I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. When I was young, I started my classic apprenticeship uh, at Mercedes-Benz in Germany, in Munich, and um, I've been trained in, uh, I have a business, uh, I have a business degree, and I've been also in sales marketing uh, most of the time in, 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 in design. When it comes to selling, um, it is like driving a Mercedes-Benz. Why do you drive a Mercedes-Benz? I never found it difficult to when I worked for this for this company for this brand. I never found it difficult to to say what I'm doing. I said I'm I'm working there. I can sell you a Mercedes-Benz. Like I can sell you this 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 this, this model. Which one do you want? Uh, when you, when you have a product, when you have something you can sell like that, I find that most people do not come across as selly or as if you really love your product um, and you can talk about it and the how, how this car drives you through, the, through a curve or, or whatever. Um, and this is where, uh, again, a lot of people are lacking. That's what I try to say. A lot of people are lacking to be in front of a camera and forget about how you look and, and what you're wearing and, and what, you, what your face looks like. Just go and talk about your product and what you're really happy about and what you have achieved. And I'm doing at the moment a, a training on uh, speak and inspire. And what is what do you want the person on the other end, what do you want them to feel after you have told them what you have to say? And... I think a lot of people, they talk not to have an answer and an engagement. A lot of people just talk um, to keep talking. They don't listen if you have an answer. And uh, if, you, if you are smart and you sell in a way that you say, what is my outcome? What do I want the other person to feel? Your, your, the way you talk is already very different. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. But now yeah, I really shut up. up.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think I love – I'm okay with the word sell because I had a spiritual moment and I'm okay with it. But I think a lot of the time in real real estate, it's really um, like salesy, salesy. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to use that word share, like, yeah, uh, more often than
0: sell. Um, yeah, it depends. I mean, if, if I don't know what you do, but uh, as, a, as a therapist or as a coach um, – you maybe call it share, yes, but uh, it depends i mean at the end of the day um often sharing comes across as as it's for free mm. and uh, it often comes across as you know like um less business uh, less focused on business Depend- oh, okay. i it depends on the on the conversation really, but um if I have something I, I'm charging for, I, I need to speak about fees and I need to speak about without, without being afraid. That's a lot of coaches and uh, therapists and people who are in this field. They are worried about uh, selling their product because actually what they do is good for people. So they want to be good. They don't want to charge for being good. And yeah.
3: Yeah, okay, think... thanks for clarifying that
0: because yeah, that makes sense
3: now. Yeah.
1: and you know i the one thing that i found the difference between men and women and i'm speaking generally is that most men find it easier to sell themselves if they have created a product it's their product it's their baby compared to a female a female will often say to me but I don't want to come over salesy. I would prefer, you know, I find it hard to sell myself because they find it harder to have that detachment of what they have created and then what they are doing for people.
0: Men yes. have much, much less emotion involved. In Absolutely. That because they, their DNA is just no emotion, just facts, facts, facts. And that's what they love to talk about. But I bet that when a lot of men, if they would add a little bit more emotion to uh, what they have to say, uh, it would be so beneficial. And women have a lot of emotion when they talk about their product and their sales and their, and their subject. And um, yeah, very two very two different approaches, men and women in terms when it comes to, um, to selling or to-
1: Explaining what, what we do. We,
0: to leading, explaining to what we yeah. do, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And do you know that there was a, Forbes did a did a study about uh, what women fear most, and uh, leaders, female leaders, what they fear most. You know what they fear most is their employer, it's other women, and it's success. Success because of the first two. Um, and that what I try to say is they f- we fear women. Why do we fear women? Because women are so much more emotional. They would tell you straight away from their tummy, no, that's, I don't like this. A man would not do that or would not do that. So, so, so obvious, like, like women do it. And I think uh, there's advantages and disadvantages too. Mm.
1: And I think, as you said, it comes down to um, being emotional sharing and what kilda was saying it's like be 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 true you know we we share our vulnerabilities as to who we are tell a story exactly hmm. um any other comments on that on any of this that we've spoken about so far um, no
2: I, I can i can yeah, i just link yes something? please Yes. a very fascinating conversation. Yes. And I just wanna uh, link it because when Dava was talking, it really truly came to my mind um, that, by the way, Dava, that was very nice. Uh, a lot of those points that you had to make because they're truly um, things that everybody has been absolutely dealing with or they can relate But then there's the other factor. I've always often, and Dee knows this because I've had many conversations with Dee about this, about where do your emotions end and your hormones start? And the reason I'm saying that is because you may have thoughts, you may have feelings, you may even have some things that you're very convinced about. Like somebody can be very convinced that they have to divorce their spouse and you may think it's a therapy issue and it could actually be a hormone issue. Why? Because when we are in this state of where people have been isolated, where there is negativity being fed to them, especially if that's where they tune in, right? Because we had a very clear distinction in these conversations about either you can tune in into learning with some boundaries so you don't feel overwhelmed with what the information you're getting or you can tune in into the negative stuff so for those people that are choosing to tune in into the negative and they're feeding themselves constantly which by the way um one of the things that i do recommend to my clients is that they stop watching the news why because man can watch the news and they can go play golf and they compartmentalize whatever they saw in the news and they don't feel it emotionally woman watch the news they absorb the news they process the news they feel the news and then they carry the news with them so then it becomes this embodiment of something that doesn't really belong to that person but they're carrying it with them but that wasn't the point that i was going to make but it's an important point because uh, there are studies that have shown that the more news a female watch the more incidence of depression they have so getting back to what we're choosing to be fed with um, and, and the stresses with insecurities about work or if somebody didn't have the opportunity of jumping into technology immediately for their living or maybe now people are uh, inside a home with somebody that is dysfunctional and they're having a constant situation, whatever the case may be. One of the things that happens is that we have what's called the adrenal glands and those are in charge of our fight or flight response. But when our adrenal glands are low and everybody thinks about cortisol, about all oh, high cortisol levels, they don't allow you to lose weight. But when our adrenals are low, it's literally like having a fire going on and not having enough water to put it down. And, and that's literally what happens and how it feels in the human body. And it can literally affect female hormones, how we think. But one of the, the, the key um, Elements of somebody's thinking who has low adrenals is they have suspicion and paranoia. They start thinking that, and I, I mean, so there's a lot of people that may be out there to get us. I mean, truly, but I'm just saying, kind of like you start even thinking somebody who's your friend, you start getting like paranoid about them, like what is their intention or what are they here for or what they want from me or that type of thing. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because this, this. Ah, it's like a whole entire layer to how to help ourselves when we are in the midst of so much, um, you know, like things in disorder tend to continue in disorder and we have to bring them back to get them in order. So when we're in this midst of so much energy going from human, you with yourself, you with your family, you with the world, and then the world itself and space and whatever else is out there, right? So how do we really uh, sort through that? I really don't have the answers. I'm just more bringing this up just to really tie in there that sometimes, um, and because I have seen it, things may look augmented because there is a hormonal imbalance that is driving that and and i've dealt with this myself personally with my clients on and on and just just food for thought food for thought that is not always um, emotional and it's not always mental biochemistry can affect those things
1: and i love that point hilda and i would like to follow on from that because i know myself and i always ask the client my clients do you drink enough Do you drink enough water? And is that water good? Basic, 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 basic. And I did a um, quick stream yard in my Connect Your Dots private group this morning. And I called it, there is a new pandemic. And this, I'm sort of talking, bringing a lot of these points that we've spoken about today is the new new pandemic I called shutdown. And Hilda, we spoke about this yesterday. And people have been telling me the people that I work with because my work is based on values and uh, some processes that I've created over the years and it's like they are unable and incapable of being able to uncover what is really important to them and then they are not able to ask for what they need and then of course they don't know what they need in their for their brain for their body for their spirit for their emotions for their family they don't know how to ask for it and often that is exactly what david was talking about the overload of information and what claudia was talking about that feeling of overwhelm that feeling of you know a lot of people say that they're anxious anxious they have so much going on in their body they feel trapped and these i think what we've talked about today causes is causing this shutdown And then it shuts down, as Hilda, you were saying, it it affects all aspects of our biochemistry.
2: Yep, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, No, for me, I have really had to extend my self-care. The time that I spend on myself for my personal self-care over this last year, I have had to restructure it. And people that you know that, that know me know I spend a good hour and a half, two hours every day at the beginning of the day on myself. Mm-hmm. And I really had to take a close look at that and restructure it, extend it, so, extend it sometimes, and put in some new skills, upskill it.
0: Mindfulness is extremely important. And um, if uh, I don't know if anyone of you knows RTT, what rapid transformational therapy is, and uh, if, have you heard of it? Um, I, I would have had. I would have to say a thousand things about, um, especially also hormonal imbalances. Um, personally, I had 20 years of uh, hormonal imbalances and operations until uh, I had a hysterectomy and blah blah blah. But uh, the things didn't go away, um, or not because of, of the medical, uh, not what what the what the, what, the, what, the, what my doctors uh, recommended me. It, it, all went away because I changed my mindset. And uh, our mind is programmed to always lead us towards pleasure away from pain. Our mind is programmed to always stay within what is familiar and it refuses what's unfamiliar like the plague. So uh, there are, and emotion always wins. Emotion always wins over logic. That's the, the, these are the, the, the three main rules of the mind and how we react. Uh, we lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves all day long, uh, purely to feel better. And um, so, COVID has thrown in uh, a, a scenario which is unfamiliar to all of us. Nobody nobody is nobody can say this is familiar to me. Nobody can say that being alone in my apartment for three months is familiar to me. In the old days, like uh, when we go back to tribal, um, to to our DNA and to our tribal uh, times, uh, being rejected uh, was a death sentence. Um, We still feel like that. We still uh, react to uh, confinement in in such way that we that our body bodies get sick, our mind gets sick, and then our body gets sick. So, yeah, I would love to talk about this for for with with everybody. But uh, changing a mindset and what you said, the to have to to focus every morning when you're still in your alpha brainwave kind of state, and in the evening when you slow down and you're in your most receptible state to then do the mindset work, the, med- the, the mindfulness uh, work, the meditation uh, that can be very very powerful and I so often it's
1: absolutely necessary for me I, I do not function well any longer if yeah. I am not able to do my practices, my disciplines
0: yeah, I often ask my clients to believe that your mind can make you sick and they immediately say yes and when I say do, we, do you believe that your mind can make you good, can heal you They go like, not sure, so.
2: um.
4: Um, I think I've noticed over time that we've been in in, since COVID, I've noticed a lot of stronger heart connections between people. And I've noticed a lot of um, really like loving genuine connection really taking over and for me personally i think i've grown a lot more intuition and i've learned i've gotten closer to those feelings of being able to be trusted and to be guided and i feel like locking into those um heart connections are really important as well as the breathing and the self-care and the mindfulness these are things that are really gonna um, get us past all this overwhelm and stress. And um, I mean, even if you're not familiar with how to breathe or how to be mindful, just noticing when your heart rate is getting out of control, if you just slow down your breath, it's um, a major shift in how you feel and you can, um, you know, get yourself out of that state. But I just have noted um, there's also a lot of, um, projects going on um, with that heart math um stuff going on like a lot of not experiments but like studies and stuff about how connected we are and that's really powerful to shift us past all this
1: i agree deva i think that the number of people that i now come in contact with that are willing to connect And they're willing to make those changes. So to keep the connection and check in. No, check in with your friends. Check in with the people that you want to connect with. People are actually doing that now, which they weren't. We didn't, we weren't, maybe we weren't involved enough. Maybe we were all too busy, whatever the excuse was. This pandemic has certainly had a huge effect on people being able to spend more time inside themselves and be able to learn how to label their feelings for a start and then share them.
2: And that's definitely also what drives part of the stress because people are having to spend more time with themselves, which means they're having to sort of literally look in the mirror because the distractions or the coping mechanisms that we had as humans could have been going to the mall, going in a shopping spree uh, just inviting a bunch of friends to a restaurant and going out for dinner. Uh, let's go to the movies. Let's watch a movie. So a lot of those escapes or coping mechanisms are not necessarily readily available. And, um, and therefore, people are having to spend more time with themselves. <laughs> and... Uh, and that's kind of like, it concerns me. I'm really concerned about how the uh, statistics on how much alcohol consumption had um, has gone up because people are inside their homes by themselves with themselves and having a conversation with themselves. I mean, not everybody has this type of, this is a luxury on these days. What we got going here, the five of us having this conversation, this is a privilege. People, people need to find what tribe they're going to belong to, but they must find one and have that sense of community to not remain, you know, to not be isolated. And I talk to people a lot and that's really is getting is getting to them. Mm, It is. I I think it's getting to all of us. I think we're all. I mean, I'm pretty, I also have very strong opinions that may not be um, popular opinions. But I believe that people have been overusing their mask at moments that they don't need to. And it is terrible for the brain and terrible for their health uh, to be breathing their own CO2. And so then now you have another component in there, not to mention that uh, the amount of, of disease in the mouth from having all the acidity of breathing breathing your own CO2. Uh, We haven't even started seeing what this is going to do with gum disease with cavities. And, um, and not to mention that cardiovascular disease is linked to inflammation and disease in the mouth. So I know I'm going in a little money trail, but we have to be mindful. I mean, I literally have seen people biking wearing a mask. People driving by themselves wearing a mask. What are you doing? People walking, you're in nature wearing a mask. So I'm very against the whole excessive, I'm not going to say I wanna be, um, so I, I would not air in the socially irresponsible side, but I will tell you that there's too many precautions that are not only unnecessary, but detrimental. Yeah,
0: totally agree with you. There is a point where it becomes unhealthy
1: I want to pick up on the point, um, Hilda, that you said that, you know, people living alone. One of the points that came out of our last Global Women's Voice, and Rosemary from Kenya was on last time, and the point that she made, which was so interesting, is that this subject also came up last time, people being on them, people being by themselves, and you know most of us here live in a Western society, and people drive into their driveways they close the garage door, they close their front door and then you don't see them again until they drive out again. That's actually a little bit different in my suburb because we have a lot of dogs, we walk in the park, we often will check on the couple of ladies over the road here to make sure that they're all very well and we're seeing them every day. Rosemary was saying that it's the exact opposite in her village and of course this is Africa and so her perception was and she said really clearly I wish that people would not come and knock on my door sometimes because they do it 10 times a day Mm -hmm. and so people would never be lonely in their houses people would never be found five or six days dead in their houses because it's just not the environment that we live in and for me it was such a wake-up call because I'm a country girl and we live, you know, I was brought up in a small country town and then to come to the city where people often don't say, hi, how are you going? You know, you've had a new baby. Can I bring you some food? Or gee, you know, um, you've been to hospital. Can I, you know, water your garden or, you know, just that community spirit that has actually started to come back because of this, I think is so such a powerful, as David was saying, that's such a powerful way of being able to connect that we are creating these villages around us. I hope that we are. And people often say to me in my little street here, in my suburb, and I live near in a quite an affluent um, area near a beach where people have big houses and they shut their doors down. And But often people say, well, thank me, and I'll get little notes of thanking me for my, the street party. You know, it would never have happened. It's like simple little stuff like that. It's just, you know, I think it's like people are now wanting, craving this stuff, which is so awesome. I'd love to know what's happening in your streets and your areas and if you check on your friends' different parts of the world.
0: Well, I live in a condo and um, um, I have the most, beautiful French lady living uh, one floor below and she's a pastry chef and uh, he's even adjusting her sugar now because I said, I want to eat less sugar and she's making things for me which have less sugar or she makes bread for me and we share, I make pesto and I so we share things and we started it and this goes all the way down now to all the other floors as well. So we are sharing food and, and do things like that. And that would have never happened. Uh, without
1: covid so yay yes we have a similar thing we have we are on a strata title what that is we're the front house and then we have back people and that's a young they're a young family and we have wall dinners and so we share and we put our dinner on the wall and then the next week of when they're busy or we're they're busy or we're busy or they are busy they um we'll text and go okay it's tuesday night a good night and we basically share that meal make it beautiful put it on a tray put it on the wall you know, it's. I think to be able to be creative and to be able to create these communities around us, physically but also globally, like this, is has been such a gift. I think
4: um, for Halloween in October, I was. So sad for my kids not to celebrate. I felt really, it really got to me. And so we ended up making a project at home and we made a pinata. And then we invited, I didn't want to invite too many people, but we invited a few people and they were all neighbors, the people that we invited rather than people who I know, you know, with kids. I only invited neighbors and it was really my first time even knowing these neighbors. And the neighbor that was at the corner, her husband ended up being in my class at like we graduated the same year. And so it was just very ironic how close we were. I mean, but yeah, I would not have known any of my neighbors and many of them have children that are my kids ages. So it's perfect. But yeah, we would not be like having play dates otherwise.
2: I, I, I have to say for me, it's been, um, well, I've gone through a lot of changes. So having community when you're going through a lot of changes may not be the, um, the most um, compatible thing, but I, I I just, I'm sorry, where I live, people are weird. They're wearing masks when they shouldn't be their standoff just horrible. I mean, I go out walking. I mean, I, I haven't had the, the community tribe experience. You know, I have the tribe experience with my friends, with church, yes. But the church I go to is still holding services live. Um, my friend, we've had get togethers. But in terms of like walking outdoor outside is like literally... I will not move. I'll keep walking. If they're coming this way and they need and they think like I'm have the plague or something, they can be the ones that move to the other side. Where do you but live? People are like, I live in, in Southern California.
0: Okay. And
2: and it's been almost like this embodiment of of the mask. It's like wearing masks, which I just laugh. And there's a few people that I come across that will still talk and not be like six feet apart, but you can I don't know. It's, it, it's been fascinating. It's been fascinating uh, to me because I think again, you can have precautions and not be that um, adherent, <laughs> not be that adherent <laughs> to the to I- the things. Yeah, I, I, I went to a restaurant. I mean, I'll tell you guys, I, I went to a restaurant. And this I've had it. I've just had it. I went on, on for a, a daughter mother date on Valentine's and I literally walked in the restaurant without a mask. I sat inside for the mother daughter date and then I walked out of the restaurant without a mask and it felt so empowering. And I'm sorry, whoever is listening to this, please don't judge me. That was like my little my little rebellious moment. And we all have them. So I'm sure you all have had yours too. (laughs) So it felt so empowering. I'm like, why do we need to do these? I mean, I, I, I believe I had COVID, by the way, over the holidays. I lost my smell for three days. I did do a concoction that I believe was what I needed for my body. And it all worked out very fine. And so that may also be part of it. I mean honestly, the worst part for me was not to be able to smell my food. And that was three days. So um, I don't want to come across insensitive and I need to be very careful. This is going to be broadcasted considering the work that I do, but it's also because of the work that I do that I am looking at trying to avoid the extremes. You, I hope that you are all with, I mean, you don't need to be all with me, but just understand my intention on this is not to be responsible, right? Because of the field that I am in, but it gets to a point that it is too much, genuinely, to me personally. Um,
4: like, so when we were wearing masks, uh, when this first happened, I immediately thought to myself, we're gonna. We're supposed to wear a mask everywhere. Is that safe? I mean, that's weird. Why? I mean, if that was safe to do, we would just be doing that all the time. And so I read up on it, and um, I read stuff about what you're saying about um, like breathing in your CO2 and stuff like that. And it does affect your um, ability to have intuition, creativity, and it's something that I'm really worried about. When school starts again, and my kids are going to school and being forced to wear masks in school all day. And so it's just something that I've really not been looking forward to that is on my mind because school will start and they will have to wear masks.
0: Mm. Well, There are studies as um, who confirm that, especially for children wearing a mask uh, affect, it. It does affect their brain. And uh, because they need the oxygen uh, for their brain to function because, uh, because how the brain is structured and how the brain waves are structured. So uh, I'm totally, I totally agree with you, Hilda, but I give you another side of the coin. My, uh, my best friend in Germany, she is a smart woman. She's uh, been uh, in, in the community in, their, in her village for more, very, very active for more than 25 years. She um, uh, teaches uh, babies uh, to senior citizens. Uh, how to, she gives exercise classes, health classes and, and so on. And uh, she, she's, she's the community disconnected from her. She is not welcome anymore because she went on a little demo to sit there and say we don't need to wear a mask when we go f- walking in the forest or when we, you know, like uh, if you're healthy, if you have proper hygiene, you don't need to wear a mask. She lost a uh, connection with, with the community. They don't want her anymore. And she I is, that? She mm, I is totally believe that. caring and loving person you can imagine. She just knows that the mask is not good for you. So please don't wear it.
2: If, which, is, which is why I made the disclaimer I made. I am not trying to give you medical advice by any means. I'm just being vulnerable and telling you my own, we're here to talk about how we've been coping and how we've been dealing with this. Yeah. So as me, as a human being, this has been my experience, right? So I can share my experience. I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do, um, but I also think that we are free. We need to exercise our ability to think we were given a brain to use it. And when uh, sometimes what I really believe on is in empowering people with information, right? So one thing that um, would be really interesting would be to get a hold of the data. What is the data? Not just talk about it, right? What is the data on the CO2 breathing really causing gum disease and potentially damaging the mouth, right? So, and then give somebody that data and then let them make that decision. Because is the excess, like why are you wearing a mask for eight hours a day when maybe you don't need to? Now, some employers are making people do it. Now, is there's things that are raised, right? In the, if somebody, are those employers going to end up having to pay for the problems that their employees end up having because they were made to wear masks eight hours a day. We don't know any of that. This is all new to all of us. And I am sorry for your friend. I so believe it, which is, I am not very vocal about some of these things. I'm doing it in this group because it's the same way that you come in here for this group to find a safe space, mm-hmm. though I'm here as a speaker, I've also believed that this group is a safe space. So that's where I went through so many disclaimers, like, okay, I'm just telling you as it is, what my experience was, was for, for my mother-daughter day. That day I had had it. I mean, I was like, okay, this is just kind of like, I can't deal with this mm-hmm. one more day. And then I have my little fitzy fit and I'll be fine about wearing it again when I go to public places.
0: I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, my my uh, daughter her, and uh, her boyfriend, they live in London. Uh, he's a biologist, he works for a big pharmaceutical company and uh, so we don't talk about this subject anymore because they are 26 and 28 years old and they run around with a mask all the time if they, if when they leave the house, well not in the park, but uh, so uh, we started to talk about the vaccination and uh, I, I, I still don't know where to look and where to, and Who can I believe? What can I believe? What is going on about the vaccination? Um, So when I have this discussion with uh, my my son-in-law, so he says, well, just believe in science. Uh, He says, it's so sad that people stop to believe in science. And uh, so they are very strongly for for the vaccination. I had had so much stuff pumped into my body over the last 50 years. I don't want anything. I, I exercise. I, I, I prepare my lungs. I'm mindful. I'm I'm healthy. I'm fit. I'm I feel good. I don't want to have stuff in my body. But where do we where do we ask people? Where can people go to find out? Whether I mean I have almost no choice. I'm an expatriate in Malaysia. If I want to travel, I either have to pay. Did I say I have to pay under table money? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But but, um, you know, like you would have to either ask somebody to give you a certificate that you um, that you are vaccinated, or how do you? If I don't want this, what do I do?
2: you know I was afraid you were going to go there I knew exactly what you were going to ask me in the first 15 seconds that you said you had to ask me a question um so here's what I think I think this is a very interesting conversation and I have like I said earlier I have very strong opinions and How about maybe we do a little private discussion, Dee? How about you arrange for that, Dee? Where is the people that attended live to this, okay? We do a little bonus as part of today and I'll let you as a moderator decide if that's a really good idea. And then the five of us, because we were privileged to be live in here, then we get to be privileged to be in a little discussion about this if you guys want to.
0: Yeah, I'm happy.
2: And then that way we don't use the time. You can not keep on with the subject for today. I think that's a really good decision. And I absolutely knew where Claudia was going to go. I thought,
1: oh, so that's a really good decision. Let's. Um, I'll put out a few dates just to the five of us who have attended here. And um, we can get together maybe for like three quarters of an hour, something like that.
2: Yes. And yes. we can talk about that subject in a private setting that's yes. not going to be put out in. it's not going to be put out that's fantastic
0: and so i have to apologize now i'm actually should have gone already quite a while ago i have to leave the meeting now uh i sent you a text i had to also cancel uh, uh our our meeting later um very very sorry for this but i have to finish some work and i can't um, do more than than this hour had now it was very very lovely to meet you all it was really really cool i enjoyed uh, i know i talk a lot i promise i will get myself under control but i'm looking forward to uh, see you all next time thank Goodbye. you very much for nice, joining to meet us. You.
1: nice to meet yeah. you nice to
0: meet you all ciao bye. Bye. bye bye well we
1: are at the point of what are you taking away from today we have gone over and beyond what I thought we were going to go. But what are you taking away? Because I think it's really important that we're able to take away at least one or two things that we can mull over and ahead and make some changes.
3: Really interesting. And every time I see Dr. Hilda, I, I think, oh, I've got to go back into my health routine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there are lots of things, so many interesting topics. I love what Deva was talking about. Awesome. Um, yeah, really good to be back here. And same with the whole the last topic was really interesting. That'll be good. I think that was crystal clear though, like yeah, if you're in a forest or you're by yourself or you're in a state that doesn't have COVID, yeah, by all means. I don't know what it's like in California at the moment. So if there's a bit of flexibility to not wear the mask, yeah. But here in Australia, we just hear the worst of it's really bad over there. So I don't know. But yeah, lots of stuff. Thank you. David, what are off. you taking away?
1: What are you taking away, Debra? And I really thank you for being here and being our guest speaker.
4: Um, thanks. It was really nice to be part of this conversation. Um, I think that I got a little more emphasis on things that I already had the intuition about, like not wearing the masks and stuff. I personally don't wear it unless I have to. I mean, um, if I'm close with somebody, I will. Um, or if I'm going into a public place, um, I don't give problems about it, but I don't wear it like in the park. And um, it just kind of re-emphasized how I already felt. And um, yeah, I think that's mostly it just, um, I was just pretty excited to share stuff about the how social media is affecting all of this um, because I feel like it's really important to share with people. So I'm glad I got to talk about it so that at least hopefully it can make a difference in somebody's the, the way they see things because it is affecting us all. And a lot of people don't realize it. So I'm just glad to have had that opportunity.
1: Thanks David. Yes. Because I think that we often speak about that. I think, um, Hilda you've been to many of these and you the ones that you that you have spoken at it's like social media would have to come up 95 percent of the time right yeah it doesn't matter yeah. what subject we talk about social media is part of that conversation absolutely and how it affects our health how it affects our direction how it affects our business how it affects our family how the whole thing it's always in the conversation
2: is the one thing you cannot live with or without
1: yeah. Yeah, and I think that the thing that I'm taking away is how everybody was talking about upskilling. And I think that that's the very thing that the people that I often work with struggle with upskilling because they actually haven't spent any time carving out time to figure out what it is they love to do. And so they are stuck in this overwhelmness, anxiety, uncertainty of the norm because it's comfortable. And so then they, they struggle to go, well, what area will I upskill in? Whereas, you know, what you were saying, Hilda, you had no choice but to, go, to just dive in. You had already done a lot of upskilling. And then when that day came, you just had to jump.
2: Yes, it, I, I was fortunate that I had, I knew the tools into which to jump to, yes. but specifically with Zoom. I still have so much to, to learn. I still am like uh, the lady was sharing. I still don't know how to organize my computer. Mm-hmm. I mean, something as simple as that, that you teach, I know. So please, you know, it's kind of like we have the resources here. We just need to put them into practice. Yeah. But um, can I I, I, I know that we're towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote this because like I said, this was one of the subjects that intimidated me a little bit it's weird why was I intimidated about something worth living I have no idea but it has to do with that concept of having to look in the mirror right so can I share with with you guys something that I wrote just before we came in and and because I think it ends up relating to some of the things we talked about would would you overindulge me by listening yes, to yes please yeah okay so it was on that question of how do I see the world now? And, and I wrote, more than ever, I see the value and the importance of communication, love and affection amongst people. Things that we have otherwise given taken for granted, a hug, an intimate conversation, the uh, impromptu gathering, Debates, exchanges of ideas, live conferences, meetings are potentially at risk for extinction unless we as humans press forward, and I mean press forward, and make a decision to not let fear, isolation, and silencing take over our minds and our lives. I'm not talking about not being responsible with all the new rules of social conduct. I am talking about pushing through these times without ignoring our needs as humans, particularly within our close relationships and our family. I see the world now as more disconnected but also as more connected. And that was like how where my mind was just before we jumped in here. And um, just wanted to share that. Mm.
1: I think that's beautiful. You know, the thing that I wrote, because I was my main thrust for what I felt was the shutdown issue. It's like I do see that as people are shutting down. They do not have the skills. They are scared to make those changes internally because they don't have the skills. And what I wrote is I wrote I, um, I, I, that I see the paradox larger and the paradox when we talk about connection. We have so many more people and on so many different levels we are less connected and at the same time we are more connected. And the more we are able to hold online forums like this and really feel that connection and be labeling those feelings
2: as we feel it, then this is exactly as David said is going to get us through this that's so fascinating you also use the same thing more connected and more disconnected oh yes i use the word connected and then the concept of the paradox like see the paradox more disconnected so it's almost like this because this is all so new and so fast and it's been thrown at us we need to find the convergence point of those of, of all of these things that we're having to it's like we're having to um adapt to, how do you find that convergence point? And where, um, and, and, and where are we willing to let go of what we thought the norm was and what is the new norm too?
1: And you know what I think has a huge bearing on it is our mind and our thinking where we go wrong, right. If we mm-hmm. are able to take away that wrong, right scenario in our mind and just look at what is Mm. and keep our minds open but our mouths shut to give us some time to process what is, I believe, and this is what I'm seeing with my clients, is that I believe then we can then move forward, which is what we talked a little
2: bit about yesterday. And, and I, I got to share this. I'm going to do a plug-in for you because I am fascinated. Like I've seen you in action when it comes to helping people with their business. But at the same time, the fact that you go this deep to help somebody with their business, I, I, I don't, it does not cease to amaze me the work that you do with people.
1: It's pretty amazing. But I've done this for a very, very long time. And I have to thank you, Dave And... Um Mel yesterday Hilda said to me about four times, but die, you take this for granted. You do you're consciously competent with this work. I go, yeah, because I've done it for unconsciously, years. It. You're, you're Unconscious. unconsciously competent. Yes. And so sometimes I breeze over words. And I am and, and now attempting to not breeze over words.
2: So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we never know where these things are going oh we We went know a lot of rabbit holes and came back out yeah (laughs) yeah but i think we all
1: there's there's a similarity here again like we're all upskilling we're all creating new environments we're all assessing what's inside of us we're all labeling our feelings yes and we all come from different arenas it's pretty cool
2: yes and it's a work in progress it's a work in progress i love what you just said about don't focus on right or wrong because we're so much our worst critics and if we could understand not just with relationships with other people to focus on right or wrong but the most important relationship being with ourselves
1: yes And I noticed a big difference on how all of us explain. Some of us explain what our experience is and what they we use the word I. Some of us explain what is and use the word you. And so often I, and I used to do that as well, but now I find if I keep coming from my own experience and yes, I might've studied this or I might've studied that, or I learned this or this person said that, how did I feel about that? That's been the secret over the last 10 years or so for me for, to have to allow people to see who I am and take away that wrong or right. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's why I'm seeing so much wrong, right attitude, because it's so foreign to me now. We mm-hmm. talk about this often and have talked about it in our family for many, many
2: years. And then that takes away the unnecessary emotional attachment. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the need to be right. I'm guilty.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oh, we all are at times. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, in this last 10 minutes has been fascinating what we've just talked about.
2: Yes, 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 yes. So, um, wow. Thank you. I want to thank you for facilitating this because Mm. Uh, also uh, it, it it's kind of zigzagging through a lot of different subjects that are important to yeah i follow. think so i think so All of yeah.
1: us. I think so thank you very much everybody for being here and let me go back and look at my calendar we'll try to make it a morning a, a time like this like 11 a.m until like 11.45 and maybe one time next week that we can just get together and we can talk about um, that specific vaccine information. Yeah. Thank you everybody for being here. Loved it. Thank
3: you. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you very much. Thank bye you everybody Deva
1: for being our guest speaker. Thank you.
3: Thank you
4: so Thanks much. Nice to meet you
2: by the way, Deva.
4: <laughs> bye. See you. Bye. Now. Bye. bye.
3: bye.